We need all of you. We need you. We can't do this without you. And that's what this series is all about for October, not without you. If we're going to move forward, then we have to all pick up and move and go. All hands on deck. Everyone taking action for the glory of Jesus. We need your help. We cannot do this without you. You heard that from Pastor Carter last week, and I'll continue to echo that as well as Pastor Patrick and Pastor Teresa, but we are all needed in the effort to be a light here in this city. And in order for us to be a light, in order for us to affect our community, there has to be healthy relationships here amongst the body of Christ. And if there are going to be healthy relationships, that means we have to, we have to make friends. Healthy relationships means we're going to have healthy friendships. Amen? Which means you and I have to be able to know each other as friends in the body of Christ. Uh, this is part three of Not Without You. And if I were to give it a title, it is Friends for Life. I know that's really hard, especially for us in this city. Well, you know what? Not even this city, but for many people, just the way life is going. The, 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 the idea of telling somebody that you're a friend for life, it, I know for us, it takes a lot. But if you and I are a reflection of the friendship that we have with God, there should be so much more other than just how I feel that I present to other people. My life should be a reflection of who God is. So I want to talk about healthy friendships. I want to talk about what it looks like to be friends for life here at Times Square Church. And there are friendships that are still yet to be built here in the house of the Lord. But if we're going to go forward, somebody's got to know each other as friends. We've got to walk together and know each other by name. This is why after almost every service, we go shake somebody's hand. Shake two hands, three hands. Sometimes we tell you shake seven hands before you leave. And some of you laugh awkwardly. And you only get to maybe about one or two hands and you're heading for the exit. Because it's not easy sometimes to make friends because we have certain things about us that cause us to draw back before we make friends with just anybody. And that's, that's something that we all say in the process of making friends. I don't just, I don't just become friends with just anybody. I, I just don't do that. And, and a lot of times our hangups and a lot of times the, the struggle to make friends has simply a lot to do with our own pride and selfishness. Would you turn with me to Philippians chapter 2? Philippians chapter 2. If you got your Bible, say amen. amen. Praise God, because we can't talk about friendship without the word of God. Amen? Philippians chapter 2, and, this, and beginning with verse 1. Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And the Bible says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, meaning this, if any of you here are connected with Jesus, if any of you here have willingly said yes to the will of God, if any of you here understand what it is to be covered by the love of Jesus, then this is what should happen. If, if any of you are been active or have participated in the spirit, any affection and sympathy will complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Can I get an amen? amen. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. 
That's a tough one, but can I get an amen? I'll read that again. It's a hard one to swallow. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Which means you are less than the other person to your left and your right. Which means looking right now to your left and right, it is the heart of God that you find that person to your left and right more significant than you. Can I get a small amen? Verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's tough because in New York City, we have a lot of interests. In New York City, we got a lot going on. But the Bible says we're supposed to look to the interests of others. Verse 5, here's how it all works in verse 5. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Have this mind among yourselves. Because it has to be a change of mind in order to think like this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, which means the only way you can change your mind about how you respond to people is to have the mind of Christ. The only way we can make friends here in the body of Christ is to have the mind of Christ. The only way we can cultivate healthy relationships, which ultimately produce healthy friendships, is for you and I to have the mind of Christ. It's the only way. It's the only way you and I will get excited about somebody else or find someone else more significant than yourself or humbly respond to people, although they're different than you, although you might feel in your own kind of, some kind of feelings, uh, just, they're, they're just, they're not at my level. I think we've all had that moment where we've talked like that. I, I, this person can't be my friend because they're really not at my level. Uh, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm not quick to make friends like that because, you know, I just, I just got a problem with people. Philippians chapter 2, I love that passage of scripture from verse 1 to verse 5, but there's this little video that I found on YouTube that, that for me reflects this, this passage of scripture about humbly responding to other people, considering others more significant than you. Um, it's, a, it's a martial arts class for little kids. And, and it's a great little video because a, a little boy who seems to be a, a smaller than some of the other kids but he's at that moment where the martial arts instructor wants him to break the board. And so the martial arts instructor is down at his level and holding the board for him. And the little boy is struggling to hit the board. And, and, and noticeably, when he can't hit the board, he, he begins to cry. And at the moment of crying, when he tries to hit the board, he actually falls down. And as the other boys are all around him, nobody laughs at him. Nobody's picking on him. Matter of fact, when he falls down, you'll notice an arm kind of come out at the bottom of the screen. And it's another little boy that's right there. And with one arm, he picks him up. Almost saying, come on, keep going. And it's, it's, it's amazing because if you watch the little boy, but he's, he's so focused on the board and what the instructor is saying. Because while he's picking up his friend, the instructor is saying to the little boy, you can do it. Uh, for me, I get so much out of this little video. But what you're also going to find in this little this video is they are cheering him on. Even though he hasn't kicked 
the board and broken the board yet, but they are cheering him on, expecting and believing and hoping that he breaks the board. And so even in his tears, even in this moment of embarrassment, even in this moment of feeling like he is less than, they consider him more important. So they start cheering his name, Stephen, 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 Stephen. Stephen is still standing and crying, but they're still cheering him on, whether he's won the victory or not. Doesn't that bring a smile to your face? You know, we're actually supposed to look like that as a church for those who feel like they just can't break through, for those who just feel like they're inadequate. But whether his name was Stephen or Felix, I think it was Felix. I'm not quite sure, but that's not the point. The point is this that we as a church have the responsibility to build healthy relationships and those healthy relationships are cultivated when you and I believe in faith on behalf of somebody else. Now here's what's amazing in that little video is there had to been a source to cultivate the kind of attitude that was there in that martial arts program. Well, we know the source. It was the martial arts instructor. You see, in order for us to develop healthy friendships, it begins with you and I understanding the relationship that we have with God. God is the instructor, and the instructions are all right here in the Word. And so what's really important is, as we continue to study the Word, as you and I continue to be under the Word here on Sundays, our lives should be lived out each and every day as a reflection of God's Word, loving people, caring for people, reacting to people in such a way that I'm able to call you friend. Let me tell you something. For me, there's, there's a lot of pieces that help build healthy friendships. But if you're writing these things down, but here are four that I just want to leave you with this afternoon. Healthy Friendships are built on four building blocks that I consider very important in the process of building friendships. One, trust. Two, patience. Three, grace. And four, the anchor, love. Four building blocks that are critical to healthy friendships here in our church. One, trust. I say trust because very often we actually have a, a, a sort of a, a different reaction to the idea of trust. Here in New York, we tend to not trust so easily because trust has been broken so much. Can I get an amen? amen? We've experienced our trust and trust in others. It's been broken. We've been wounded. We've been rejected. We've been hurt. But I want to reintroduce to you these, these four important pieces to healthy friendships here in the body of Christ. One, trust. Two, patience. And a lot of us, we just don't have the patience to put up with people. I've heard that said. I've said it too at a certain point in my life. Hey, I don't got the patience right now to deal with people's attitude, people's emotions, people's mess, people's stuff. But that mentality is selfish and it is absent of the will of God. Patience, grace. That's hard for some of us. It's amazing how you and I can come here into the house of God and we want every bit of God's grace, but it's hard for us to actually present grace unto other people. To be gracious, to be kind. But there is a responsibility that we have as believers to show grace, to respond in grace, to have conversation with grace, to connect with people with grace. And then of course, the one that's very critical, love. And that's hard because for many of us, we just say, I just can't love just anybody. But if you and I are called as believers 
to represent Jesus, we're called to love. You know, without trust, without patience, without grace, without love, friendships are shallow. And so you need a healthy foundation for these building blocks. And that foundation is your faith in Jesus. If we're going to build healthy friendships, we have to build up our faith in Jesus. If we're going to build healthy friendships, we have to build our faith in Jesus. Our faith in Jesus will determine the depth of our friendships, really, is what's going to happen. You see, our friendships are shallow oftentimes because we're not getting into this word. We're not seeking the will of God, the face of God, and understanding who we are in Christ Jesus and a reflection of his love for us, the steadfast love, his unconditional love, his love poured out for us, love that we don't deserve and love that we should demonstrate with the relationships that God gives us. Trust, patience, grace, love, foundation, now, it's hard for us just to get through the trust part. That's really hard. But right now, we've got people in our city that need to come into God's house and be able to be surrounded by a people that will cheer them on. There are people that are lost. There are people that are falling apart. There are people that are blind. There are people that don't know where they're going or coming. We get people that just, they walk by the marquee and they just come in here. And when they come in, in here, what are they going to experience? Are they going to experience a people who love, a people who care, a people who are patient, a people who demonstrate grace. Because without these things, let me tell you something, people will come in and they'll go out. So it is our responsibility as a church that our friendships grow so that when they come in here, they see and experience a church that's united, a church that's walking together, a church that trusts one another, a church that demonstrates patience with one another, a church that reflects the, the grace and the kindness of God and the love of God. There are a lot of people that are going to come in here, I believe, in the hour that we're in now, and they, they have fallen away from their faith, or they, they've been living in darkness, and they don't know what to do or where to turn, but they do know that in some sense, I am empty and I need so much more, and everything that I've tried to reach for hasn't worked, and they come into God's house, and when they find a church that's walking together, building friendships, building relationships, standing together, forgiving one another, and loving one another. I don't know if you've ever gone to like a youth event or youth conference or youth retreat or youth camp, but there's a classic exercise that many of us have been a part of, and it's called the trust fall. I don't know if anybody's ever tried the, the trust fall. Anybody know what the trust fall is? Raise your hand. You know, some people, okay, we got half of you know what the trust fall is, half of you don't. That's great because we're going to demonstrate the trust fall. <laughs> Tyler, could, could you come on, come on out, Tyler? Josh, come on, come on out, Josh. Now, this is, now listen, we're going to demonstrate something that's really important and reflects either how the church is not working or should work. Uh, uh, Ariel, could, could, Ariel, could you come down? Uh, Angel, hey, come here. Javin, come here. Angel, Javin, come on, come on, quick, 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 brother. Josh, get, 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 climb up there. Why are y'all laughing at Josh? Hi, Josh. Josh. Josh is going to represent the individual that comes into God's house and they're in a position where they don't know what to do, where to go. And there's a generation that's coming in and they're falling. They're, they're like young Eutychus that was sitting in the window when Paul preached all night long and he fell asleep and just fell out. You represent young E. 
But the church, as a body of believers, standing together, healthy relationships, healthy friendships, we have to be ready to catch those that fall. Now, we have to position ourselves the right way if we're going to catch Josh. So, so actually, Josh, you, you, you turn this way. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And, and gentlemen, you figure it out. Figure it out. Don't get it wrong, because that, that would be dangerous. No, no, no. You don't want to hold on by your fingertips. But y'all, figure it out. Talk. Build. Is it better there? You're holding hands, not, not the forearm, not the wrist. Just, just work it out, whatever you do. Here's, here's what's really interesting. And they're going back and forth, whether fingertips or hands or, or wrists or forearms. But it, it, it actually reflects the working relationship that is required of us in this journey as we build together. You see, we have to have the patience with one another before we can be patient with the one that falls. The problem is, is we're not willing to be patient with one another. We get frustrated with one another because of different things that are going on within ministry, within join the team. I don't like the person on this team or this small group. I tried this small group, but the, the eating plan that they had for me wasn't the way I wanted it. You know, you know the, 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 the knitting class ran out of yarn, so I don't want nothing to do with it. But it, no, we, we laugh at this, but it's amazing how we get hung up over little things and, and all of a sudden we'll be like, you know what, forget about it. But this young man needs you and you four to be locked in, locked together, arm in arm. What's going out? What's going on on in these streets? They need this church to be locked arm in arm. We have to get it right. And, and this, this, lock, this position of locked arm together, and you don't fall yet, Josh, just stay right there. <laughs> but this position together, locked arm in arm, it represents our act of worship unto the Lord. You see, here's, here's the danger of not building healthy relationships and healthy friendships. Unlock. And put your hands up in the air and just worship Jesus. Now, praise God. You look great. That's awesome. And this is our form of worship. But that position that you hold right now is not going to catch Josh when he drops. And look, don't you dare fall yet, Josh. You see what I'm saying? It's, there are two forms of worship. Yes, that one when you come in here into the house and you worship Jesus and you put your hands up and you need that moment and that time unto the Lord. But then there comes a time where we have to build relationships and lock arms together, which is another form of worship. You can't do church just coming in here just on your own little island worshiping Jesus and then heading out. We need you. We can't do this without you. We need the healthy relationships. We need the healthy friendships. We need you to join a team. We need you to join a small group. We need you to build. We need you to get to know the name of the person to your left and to your right because there's going to come a point where you're going to have to lock arms and they're coming in and they don't know where they're going. They're blind even too. Actually, here, let me add this. Let me add this here. Could you put this over here? Come on, come on, John. There you go. That's awesome. They, they, they don't know where they're going. They're just confused and lost and going every which way. And one more time. Is that a little uncomfortable, Josh? It is. It is. He just said very uncomfortable. Don't move, Josh. You're good. It's very uncomfortable. You know, there's a generation that's coming in going, ah, 
I'm really uncomfortable. I don't know what I'm going to experience at Times Square Church. And, and, and they're coming in. They're blind. They're lost. They've tried a lot of things. And we have to be ready to catch them when they fall. Lock arms, brothers. Lock arms, brothers. That's okay. Josh, just fall backwards. Fall backwards. Put him down. Put that young man down. Put him down. Put him down. Listen, give them a hand. Have a seat, gentlemen. Have a seat. Thank you. I wasn't going to ask Josh, hey, Josh, do you trust him? Because after spinning him a couple of times and putting him in this place where he was slightly uncomfortable, that was a tough question for him to ask. But the question needs to be presented first to us before we expect those coming in to understand what trust looks like. You and I have to be locked in and we have to trust each other in this journey. This, this trust part is critical to be able to trust one another. But now trust, it, it, comes out of, it comes out of you and I being fully surrendered to Jesus, allowing his word to change us and change the way we think. Don't allow your feelings to muddy your faith. Don't allow your feelings to muddy your faith in Jesus. You have to surrender it all. Surrender it all in order to, to trust, in order to, to be patient with people, to be patient. Despite challenges, despite what you might see sometimes when you come into God's house and you don't like that, but we need you to be patient. And some of you know that we're, we're in transition. There's a lot of different things that are changing, a lot of different things that are happening. You see people that come up here to preach at the three o'clock and they're, they're not wearing a tie or your, your favorite podium's not there. Or now you're looking at the choir and you're like, wait, 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 wait. Some of them are wearing ties. Some of them are not wearing ties. What's going on? And some of these little things, it is amazing how quickly it ruffles our feathers. It's amazing. And, and suddenly because certain things are not happening the way you want it, you lose patience and you check out. I know four guys who I love reading about in scripture who brought a paralytic to come see Jesus. And when they showed up to the house, it was not what they expected. I think we can safely assume that here were four guys who were bringing a friend because let me tell you something. It's important that as a people who have healthy relationships, you and I are bringing in paralytics to the house of God. But sometimes showing up, it might not be the way you expected. And for these guys, when they showed up, it was packed and there was no room and nobody created any room for them to bring their friend in. Church, we got to make room. We got to make room for paralytics. And church, we should be a people that never come alone. We should be a people who trust and believe that when you come into God's house here at Times Square Church, you're going to experience something supernatural. God has called us to be patient. I love these four guys because even though they couldn't get through the front door, they said, well, we're going to go up the stairs. Now, I was thinking about trying to illustrate that, but it would have taken a lot. And actually, as I was just thinking about it in my head, that takes a lot of work. Even though it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a lot of stairs, but to be able to carry somebody who was a paralytic laid out on a mat who really can't move their body much. And when they do move, their body kind of shakes and trembles. And four guys who had to take him up a set of stairs, come around on the rooftop, 
and then begin to open up the roof, that takes a lot of patience and determination. But for you and I to continue to grow as a church, to build healthy relationships, to build healthy friendships, it's going to take patience with one another. I know that one is hard too because sometimes people work your last nerve. But let's begin first by just looking to the person to your left and right and just tell them, I'm going to be patient with you. Look at that. Some of you husbands haven't told your wife that in a long time. John chapter 15, real quick. John chapter 15. Go there with me. John chapter 15. Beginning with verse 9. John 15, beginning with verse 9. If you got it, say amen. amen. Love. This is important. Here's where we come to understand what it is to love in the relationships that God is giving us here. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. I mean, wow, look up at me real quick. That's huge, just that phrase alone. Jesus says, as the do you have any idea how the Father loves his son Jesus? That, I mean, that, that's an amazing love. And so G Jesus says, the way my Father loves me, that's the way I love you. And he said, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, in order to keep the commandments, you and I have to be in this word. If we're going to understand what it is to know that we're loved by God and what it is to abide in his love, you and I have to be in the word. Because without understanding the love that God has for us and without our love for God growing through this word, we'll never develop the relationships and friendships that God's calling us into. So this is important, what I'm reading right here. Listen, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Not partially full, not sometimes full, but that your joy may be full. You see, the reason why sometimes we duck out of developing healthy friendships in church is because we've been let down and we expect that my joy should come out of good friendships. That's the problem with this young generation right now. Life is always decided and based upon how many friends they have, how many likes they have, how many comments that they get on social media. And there's this, this constant oversaturation with multimedia because actually what's happening is everybody wants a friend. Everybody wants to be affirmed by their friendships. Everybody wants to be praised by somebody. But let me tell you, you are fully affirmed in Jesus. Fully affirmed in Jesus. And your joy is full in Jesus. And so the scripture says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And of course, that portrays the power of the cross, the victory won for us, and, and, and truly a demonstration of God's love for us. You see, you, you'll never, you'll, you'll always be able to rest in the joy of the Lord when you continue to look to Jesus and look to the cross. 
If you don't look to the cross, then you'll always be counting how many friends you have and don't have. I'm able to freely build friendships here at Times Square Church because my joy is not necessarily simply in the friendships that I make. My joy is in Jesus and his work inside of me through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit working out of me what needs to be out, in me what needs to be in, and my life becomes a reflection of God's love and joy, and now I just love making friends. But if you don't understand how much you're loved, you'll always struggle to make friends. And you'll always shun the whole idea of healthy friendships in church. I, I worship with people. I, I fellowship with people. I, I do ministry with people. But, but friends for life? Nah, I don't have that at Times Square Church. You should. If you continue to abide in God's love, you should. I love this. Verse 14. You with me? Say amen. amen. Worship team, get ready. We're going to worship the Lord in just a few minutes. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants does not know what his master's doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you. Why? Why am I commanding these things? Jesus said, so that you will love one another. Meaning this, I want my love. Jesus is saying, I want you to experience my love so that you can learn and understand the importance of loving other people. I want you to abide in my love. So that you would bear fruit. Well, how do we bear fruit? Well, the only way you can bear fruit is if you build relationships. And if you bear fruit walking in accordance to the power of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you, then you will bear fruit. And that fruit will be revealed in friendship. You understand what I'm saying? There's so much more to this. But really, think about the fruit of the Spirit. How do we bear such fruit? Of course, yes, it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. But... That fruit is revealed when you and I are locked arm in arm, walking together in unity. What is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. All of that good stuff. All of that stuff is great fruit that happens when you and I are building relationships. When you and I are building friendships. I know this is hard. It is sometimes. Because of the journey that we've been on. The disappointments that we've faced, the struggle it's been, trust broken. But if you abide in his love, your joy will be full. You ever thought that maybe the friendships are not so much what you can get out of it, but what you can give to somebody else? That's really what's going on. Man, if I could just, if I could just remove me out of the equation in the, in the effort to make friends, so many of us, we, uh, the, the process of friendship is what can I get out of it? No. What can God do through it? Because if you and I abide in his love, then the relationships should and will always be for his glory. Would you stand up with me?
I want to pray for you, and I'm going to invite you to come forward and pray. And I want to pray for those who, who actually, and it's going to take boldness, but I, I think this is a safe place. I've, I firmly believe that, and I trust that the Holy Spirit is here and working in your hearts. And, and I want you all to just find rest and healing in the power of God's abiding love. And maybe you tonight or this afternoon, I should say, it's hard for you to make friends. Friendship is something that you kind of just shy away from. And for whatever reason, I know there are many, just, for whatever reason, but it's, it's just hard to build healthy friendships. Here at Times Square Church, we want you to build healthy friendships. And maybe if you've been wounded or just, you just need healing because you've gone through some really bad friendships, I want to invite you to come forward. I want to pray with you. I want to pray that you would just, you would experience the abiding love of God. And it's, it's in God's love that you are washed, cleansed, and you're made whole again so that you can build new relationships. You can build healthy friendships. Some of you might at some point have been like Joshua sitting, standing on top of that box and you were expecting to be able to fall into the arms of people who were exercising, hopefully you thought, grace and, and love and patience and trust, but maybe you were dropped emotionally you've been wounded and if that's you I want to pray for you so we're going to sing we're going to sing this song and then as we sing this song I'm going to invite you and if today you're like man I just I want to build good friendships healthy friendships and I, I, I want that want my friendships to be grounded in, in God's love for me and maybe you've made it so much about you so maybe whatever it is you need to lay it down before the Lord and ask God to just just give you his love that abiding love in your heart hey no one should feel alone in the house of the Lord. No one. No one should feel alone. And so we as a church, we have a responsibility. Saints, we have a responsibility to make friends. Friends for life. Friends that we will fellowship and be with together. And one day we'll all be in heaven one day. But while here on this earth, no one should feel alone when they come into the house of the Lord. This is why we continue to say, shake someone's hand because introduce yourself. This is important. I was watching a little television show with my, with my daughter and um, there's a moment in this, this scene in this little show where there's a little girl, she's in the cafeteria and she's handicapped in a wheelchair and she's a bit, she's smaller than the other kids, but she notices another kid that was all alone. And she invites the little kid to come over and sit at her table where she was sitting by herself. And she says, hey, I'll be your friend. And anything you say to me, it's safe because I'm invisible around here. <laughs> and that was her way of saying, I'm alone. But even though I'm alone, I want to look out for you. Even though I'm struggling with loneliness, I just want to introduce myself to you. Hi. And it was such an incredible demonstration of how we should look when the love of God is abiding in us and our joy is full. Church, I'm going to ask you to extend your hand to our, our brothers and sisters that are here. God, I take this time before you in your presence to pray for my brothers and sisters that are standing here. God, I ask that you would heal every wound. Every wound. Those who are hurting. Those who have been laughed at. 
those who have been spoken down to, those who have been rejected, those who are struggling with loneliness. God, I ask that you would step in and they would sense your presence and the power of your spirit. Holy Spirit, bring comfort now to your people. Move now and give them a peace and a sense of knowing that they belong to you. God, I come against that spirit of depression right now in the name of Jesus. I come against that spirit of suicide now in the name of Jesus. Shower down your love, oh God, all over this house, here in your house. I'm asking you, God, shower down your love, your love that heals, your love that sets the captives free, your love that cleanses. And Lord, may we always abide in your love so that our joy may be full. And in knowing you, that abundant joy, may we be willing to make a friend even today. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for your presence. Be with us, God, as we go out. May we always be a reflection of your love. May we always be a church that stands together arm in arm, ready to catch those who are coming in lost and confused. Be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.